less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Martin, a few weeks ago, it was my birthday. We got to talk about it on the podcast. It happens to be your birthday. Yeah. And we're on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty and great. How, how old are you? I'm uh, about... Less than half of me, I know. Less than half of you, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Quite a big difference. And if you would have asked, so I would have told you when you were my age that you'd be on a podcast with someone whatever, how many years that is, <laughs> I won't say. First uh, of all, it involves a computer. What's a computer? <laughs> What's a pod? Did you ever wonder where podcast came from? You know, I don't really I know, but I remember the iPod. Yeah. They put music on, and now everybody knows what that is. I had somebody the other day, I was telling them, you need to do a blog, get a blog on your, they go, you know, I hate to admit this to you, but what the hell's a, a blog? So there's a bunch of articles. Well, why don't they just say that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What's That's a podcast? Funny. Yeah. We were actually, I wouldn't have known what electricity was. Whatever. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also a big day for just the Holland family in general. You got oh, yeah. good, good things going on, especially with the women in your in your life. Yeah. Diane is as uh, a big gala tonight. She is... Selected as one of 50 women making a difference in Oklahoma. Really proud of her for that. And then my daughter in New York City texted this morning. She got her results and she passed the New York bar exam. So, so I Fantastic. mean, two out of three is not bad. You know, a gala, a bar <laughs> exam, and a birthday. <laughs> two are pretty good. The other one's kind of, eh. eh. Yeah, man. And uh, that's it. was that her first time on the bar? First, first pass yeah. at it? Yeah. Look at that. Well, that's good that's, because she's already been working. Yeah. So I, I didn't even want to bring up what happens. She's working for yeah. a big law firm in Manhattan. Does, and, does she get uh, a pay raise because she passed the bar? I, you know, I don't know. But I'm well, not going to so. say the pay, but the money they make is freaking ridiculous. It's crazy, but, right? Uh, one room, what do you call it, studio in Manhattan is like 4000 a month. Right, so quite a bit. So she doesn't live in Manhattan. Oh, yeah. I mean, it... She's in Brooklyn. Is that right? She's in Brooklyn, yeah. Got a roommate. So she's paying less than 4000 a month. What you get for 4000 a month, you know what a studio is, right? It's a room with a bathroom. Yep. And a kitchen. That's in the room. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Mitch That's Hedberg funny. says, don't I kind of control how many bedrooms in my house? He says... This bedroom has a television and a couch in it. That bedroom has a stove and an oven and a microwave. Yeah. That bedroom. So I've got a six-bedroom house. That's great. Mitch Hedberg was a genius, funny guy. Yeah. In all manners except living, drug addict and died. Exactly. Yeah, so. I have no idea how to how to get this segue going into our topic, but... Maybe it's we'll figure just it out work, 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 work. Well, working yeah. capital. Oh, there you go. What a segue. Yeah, what a segue there. Right. No, um, I think that a lot of people understand what working capital is, but they don't realize what their working capital is that often. Like they kind of get the concept, but they don't see it that often in their business. 
and probably they just avoid it because it might go over their head. But I, I mean, a lot of more financial people like yourself understand working capital pretty clearly. And it's not that complicated of a, of a concept. We were talking before this about a couple of stories of people that didn't understand working capital and maybe are learning working capital right now. Right. Why don't we start with those stories? Well, first of all, I think probably most people I've talked with maybe have heard the term working capital, but they, they don't know what it is. And so a, a good place like podcast versus or blog versus a bunch of articles is to kind of describe it. Everybody does know what working capital is, although they might not call it that. It's the money that cycles, the cash that cycles in and out of your business on a daily basis, principally because of operations. So it's the money you receive from receivables and the money you pay out to buy inventory. Um, it's all your expenses. I mean, strictly speaking, you don't include expenses in working capital, but it's money cycling in and out of your business. And it's hard for people to keep track of that. Uh, although everybody's keenly aware of it. You're looking at your bank app right now while you're listening to this podcast. So that's what working capital is, the ebb and flow of money in and out of your business, principally through operations. The, the, uh, I'll give you the official uh, definition of working capital is the difference between current assets and current liabilities. And I think people... Uh, very few of the businesses I work with use their balance sheet very much. I uh, had a lady the other day, she's all into her income statement. I asked her about her balance sheet. She said, I kind of really don't get that. Okay. So maybe we've done some talks on it before, but, mm -hmm. but on your balance sheet, uh, you have assets, liabilities, and equity. Assets are things that you own, right? Uh, liabilities are things that you owe to others and equity, which we won't talk about much, but is the difference between the two. That's what's left over for you as the, as the owner. But assets are divided into two categories, current assets and long-term assets. Current assets are things that can be, they either are cash. So the money that you have in a bank is a current asset. Or they're things that, at least theoretically, can be quickly converted into cash. That would be accounts receivable and inventory. Liabilities are also divided into current liabilities and long-term liabilities. Well, let me just say uh, a long-term asset is your real estate, your trucks, your equipment, right. things that, that are going to be there for a while. Uh, current liabilities are things that are soon going to require cash. So it's your credit cards, your accounts payable. Uh, if you get really into it, it's the current portion of your long-term debt, money that you're going to have to pay out this year on long-term debt. And then long-term liabilities are things like the mortgage that you have on your building, the loans you have on your truck. Maybe you have a line of credit that, that could be either place. But that's the distinction. So what working capital does is compares your current assets things that are likely to bring in cash, either are cash or likely to bring in cash quickly to your current liabilities, which are those things that are likely going to need cash real quickly. Like you got to pay your credit card, got to um, pay for uh, the current portion of your debt. You're going to have, maybe you have a liability uh, for accounts payable. Maybe you have a credit or not a credit, a uh, 
a payroll that hasn't, or payroll taxes that haven't gone out yet, right. they would all be up there. So the logic there is, hey, do I have, do I likely have enough cash coming in to pay the cash that I'm going to soon need to go out? So working capital, by definition, is the difference between those two. So you take current assets from your balance sheet. There's a line on your balance sheet. It says total current assets, and you subtract from that total current liabilities. And if that number is positive, meaning you have more current assets and current liabilities, it at least is an indication that you're okay. And I will say this in passing, uh, banks like to see that ratio at least 1.2. So you have 1.2 times as many current assets as you have current liabilities. And that's what they're going to use to determine your line of credit, your interest right. rates, those kinds of things, right? Right. Right. So we've that's a, a really good definition of working capital in layman's terms, but also in the formal definition. But right. these stories that we were talking about beforehand, you had a guy that went out of business because he didn't know his working capital. And he because he hadn't calculated, he didn't understand the concept. He wasn't able to fund his business as it grew. And, I, and before we go into these stories, I think it's important to understand that growth is a big component of failing with working capital, right. um, where you are doing fine because you're at a, you know, a certain, you're operating at a certain clip, but then you decide to, you know, you want to double the sales in your business. Well, that's when you can run into trouble if you don't have the working capital. Right. So let, let's, let's talk about those stories. Well, one, I wrote about it in my book was a guy who started a store, a retail store. No one's read your book, Martin. I, I know that's why I'm telling you this story. Oh, okay. Uh, that's why I don't worry about anybody going, oh, yeah, I know that, and turn the podcast <laughs> on. No, he, he had saved up $30,000, and he wanted to sell lighting fixtures uh, principally to builders. Okay. So he used that 30000 He opened a storefront, bought all the lamps and everything, you know, that are hanging around the lighting store, not to mention his power bill, and set out and – he started his company in July of one year, and by February of the following year, so seven months later, it's when he called me, he was selling $100,000 a month. So if we went from zero annual sales to the equivalent of $1.2 in seven months, and a lot of people would go, wow, what a great success story, right? <laughs> well, it wasn't. The reason is that he was about to go out of business. This guy was going crazy. And what happened to him was that he was selling in a market, a competitive market, where um, his competitors have lots of money, bigger companies, and they allowed, allowed builders 60 to 90 days to pay. Well, he thought he had to compete with that, so he allowed them. Well, on average, he was getting paid in six, more than 60 days. Wow. Well, he had 30-day terms with his suppliers. So he had to pay his suppliers, although he didn't. And that's why he was still around when we talked. He was way behind with him. They'd put him on credit hold. He'd have to go collect something, pay off the supplier to get the shipment for the next guy. The next guy was mad at him because I gave you this order two weeks ago and you have, you know, why don't I have it? And he didn't want to tell him because I don't have any money and I'm on credit hold. So he was just in a huge mess. He had maybe, when I met him, maybe 10000 in the bank, if, if I can recall. I think these are numbers. He had ten thousand in a bank, 
$140,000 worth of accounts payable and $250,000 worth of accounts receivable. And he was in a bind. And that is a working capital problem. And the problem was he thought 30,000, which I think a lot of us don't really think 30,000 isn't very much money, but, and it isn't actually. But he started, he had saved that up. That looked pretty good. He outfitted his store. He's looking really good and he was getting business. So he's feeling really good, but he failed to consider working capital, which is how do I fund my accounts receivable? Oh, the other thing is the guy uh, was really good with margins and books and he was showing a really nice profit, right? Mm. On the accrual basis, meaning if he had collected all his receivables and paid all his debt, he made, he made a lot of money, but yeah. he was, he was dying and just put a, the end point on that. We got him an SBA loan. We did a lot of things, but he was so burned out that in about three months, he just closed up shop. And it wouldn't wow. have been necessary if he'd had known in advance. He was dead the day he started, according to the terms. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, his cost of goods sold was 60 cents, meaning uh, for a dollar of sales, he had to spend 60 cents to buy the fixture, and he had a 40% margin. Well, mm -hmm. every dollar that his sales went up one month over the next, he needed another 60 cents, right? And and then that doubled up because it was two months before he got paid. So it was just hideous. It's a nightmare. Yeah. And it put him out of business. Well, and that's a case where he had just started um, and it was so quick and he didn't have time to see it. But there's people that are running their business right now. Uh, we were just talking about a, a client uh, who is doing fantastic, doing really right. well, has a profit margin. And is starting to think about the next year, what do we want to do in sales and really looking to basically almost double their sales. Um, and they need to start thinking about, well, do we have the working capital to do that? Right. So why don't you go through that conversation you had with them? I think that was interesting. We were just reviewing, uh, this client has pretty new books. In other words, mm -hmm. for a while they were a mess and we've had good books now. So showing a really nice profit and really excited and and rightfully so doing it doing a really good job and it's a lady she said uh what do you think our target ought to be next year and i said well let's think about that well how about double i said you know, can you do that in sales she goes oh yeah we can double i said well let's making working capital simple right we said mm -hmm. well if you double your sales i want you to go to your balance sheet how many accounts receivable do you have and with round numbers 150,000. How yeah. much uh, accounts or uh, inventory do you have? In other words, how much inventory do you need to service that level of sales? It also was 100,000, 150,000. So she had $300,000 worth of working capital tied up in her business. And she knew about both of those things, but did not think of them as working capital. I said, well, if you double your sales, you're going to have to double those two things as well. If you continue to run the way that you've always run, you're going to have 300,000 of receivables and 300,000 of inventory. You're going to need $600,000 of cash sitting around somehow to make up the deficit that gets tied up in working capital. And doesn't mean you can't do that. I think we'll talk about it a little bit. There are things you can do to improve that. But at first blush, uh, our listeners can go out and think about that. How much do I have in receivables? How much do I have in inventory? 
And if I add those two together and then say I want to double it, you say, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you know, ooh. I don't, how, how, how's that going to work? And it's way better to do that today than it is next year when you're in the middle of it like the first guy. Yeah. And so that's a real simple way to look at it. And I'll, I'll throw one more thing in working capital. So I've said, go look at your receivables, go look at your inventory, add those two together, and then multiply it by how much you want to grow. There's something good out there too, and that's accounts payable. So this, the real way to do it, simple way to do it, add your receivables, add your inventory, subtract your payables. That's how much you need. And the reason for that is that your suppliers are financing your business to a certain amount. Now, they may only give you 30 days or whatever, but that adds in there. If, if you don't mm -hmm. owe them today and you can sell your stuff, sell your inventory before you have to pay your payables, they're effectively financing your business. But if you buy six months worth of inventory, you're going to have to pay for it in three months or in 30 days. You're going to have a large chunk of money tied up. Yeah, and if if that the thought of you know looking at your working capital as you try to double your business doesn't make you cringe at your accounts receivable, uh, I mean that's what you have to be working on. That's right. that's you're financing everybody else's business. Yeah, your receivables are doing for your customer what your Pay, what payables are doing exactly from your supplier yeah exactly and so that's i mean that we've we've talked about lowering your accounts receivables on several episodes i think get paid with jan reeves was right probably one of the best ones um but that's something that you've got to take care of and then you don't have to double your working capital right. to double your business in that case if you're able to implement strategies to lower your accounts receivable uh, we've also talked about inventory turns on several episodes. Right. Um, and the shorter you can have those, the better. You know, one thing, no, you're exactly right. How long, DSO, it's called Days Sale Outstanding. How long does it take you to calculate or to collect your receivables on average? There, If you have good books and a good balance sheet, you can call. Maybe we do an episode on it. But you can figure that out really easily, how long it takes yeah. you to collect them. And how long does it take you to turn your inventory? If you're turning your inventory once a year, it means that you've bought uh, an entire year's worth of inventory and have it sitting around. If you turn it twice, you've liberated half that cash because you've bought six months worth of inventory. If you turn it 12 times, it means that you buy enough inventory to last a month. And so you get much better utilization of your cash. You don't have it tied up. And one thing, Khalil, goes back to what we always talk about, good books. You don't know any of this if you don't <laughs> have good books. And if you take your inventory and expense it, which many, many, many people do, just write it off as cost of goods sold, I don't have any inventory. Oh, yeah, you do. It's just sitting over there as an expense, and you don't know how much of it's inventory. It's just in your cost of goods sold. So we go back. The miracle of having good books, it, it tells you, it just makes it so simple. Allows you to keep score. Yeah, it allows you yeah. to keep the score. Well, I think that uh, some easy things that listeners can go and do is go and calculate the working capital currently. Right. Obviously, it's not easy if you don't have good books. That's probably the first step. But if you have good books and you're not aware of what your working capital is, 
go and take a look. Add up your accounts receivable and your inventory, and then also look at your payables and start to consider how you might be able to lower those things so that you don't need as much working capital to grow. Um, yeah. Yep. Anything else you have for our listeners, Martin? Well, one thing I, this might just be of interest. Um, I did some analysis for a company a month ago and I analyzed one of the, it's a big company, analyzed one of their competitors. And this company does 213 billion a year. In sales. sales in sales. They made 1.5 billion last year, which is three quarters of a percent. That's like <laughs> if you sell a million, you made $7,500, right? It's crazy. And I was just looking, I, I knew nothing about these guys. I was just looking at it and looking at their working capital was a place I went. They had um, $38 billion worth of receivables and inventory. They had $41 billion worth of payables. So they were being financed by their suppliers. Oh, I did their calculated their DSO, how long it takes them to collect the receivables, 27 days. How long does it take them to pay their payables, which is another easy calculation, 67 days. <laughs> 100% they're financing their business to their suppliers. And wow. I, and by the way, that's how uh, Sam Walton built Walmart. He, mm. uh, he would he buy inventory and convert it to cash pretty quickly because of his stores. And then he would drag out paying his suppliers. And that was not just, oh, look at that. That's what's happened. That's, that was the plan. Mm -hmm. That's how he grew his business. Um, I don't suggest necessarily we go out there and try to do that, but sure. that's something interesting. There are people who really understand the working capital gain. Yeah. Very fascinating. Well, hopefully this was helpful for listeners yep. and yeah, thanks for, thanks for sharing all your wisdom, Martin and happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit the cashflowcontractor.com.